Good evening, comedy geeks. We're here today with the amazing, the wonderful, the talented, Mr. Ben Langley. Oh, <laughs> that was... <laughs> oh. I should use my sexy voice. I should use that all the time. Voice. That's very nice. You should use that constantly. Yeah. You'd get much further in life. <laughs> That's like a sat nav voice. Yeah, well done, The Comedy Geek Podcast. Hello, Ben. Now, my name's Jamie. I'm one of the other members of Comedy Geek, along with Dan, Amy and Tom, who should be there with you today. Now, it was me that recommended reaching out to you to see if you'd be interested in guest starring in our podcast. I want to take the opportunity to thank you for accepting and sharing your time with us, and I hope you're enjoying recording with the guys there. Now, I recommended you because not only have I seen you in Britain's Got Talent lately, but I also saw you some years before that in Swansea Grand Theatre performing Ha Ha Homes. I was one of the lucky audience members in one of the performances who you asked up on stage to be given a lift to Blisterville Hall. I'm sure you'll get what I mean when I say a Native American headdress has never looked so good on me. <laughs> now, I apologise, I can't be there to see you in person, as while you're listening to this message, I am actually on honeymoon in Sorrento. I will uh, give a very hearty apology if you've been subjected to any of Amy's puns or Dan's dad jokes. Now, the guys there with you thought that being as I'm somewhat of a fan of yours and, and I'm unable to come and see you, it would be nice if I asked you one or two interview questions for our listeners. So here we go. The first question is, how did you first become interested in theatre and comedy? Well, I suppose like all of us, we um, at an early age, I always say to people in similar situations that I realised that drama class was um, a very important class where I realised I had a lot more freedom to mess about um, and get thanks for it. And congratulations. <laughs> I rather, you know, even, yeah. rather than doing it in maths or history. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, there was a place for me to, to vent and to be silly and, uh, for, and, dra- and I have drama class to thank for that. So it's probably in those classes where I realised I could do certain things. If I did something in a certain way, then it would get a response from people who were watching, which made me feel good. And it's immediate as well, isn't it, that sort of response? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is immediate, absolutely. And um, I think that's where it's at. I think live uh, theatre and stage work is um, is, a, is, a, is a great skill and, and discipline, I think. And um, it's a wonderful thing when it works. Did you have a good drama teacher? Yes, his name was Geoffrey Eggins. Hi, Jeff. He's a great guy. He will be listening, actually. Um, I, I blame him for everything. <laughs> so you've kept in touch um, yes, since then? Yes, yeah. most definitely, yeah. And uh, he uh, still continues to be in my thoughts. We don't see each other a lot, but when we do, it's great. And uh, yeah, I remember when he once came to see Ha Ha Hamlet <laughs> at uh, the Western Supermare Pavilion Playhouse, I think. And uh, you know, he, this guy's great. He knows theatre like anybody knows theatre. He goes to um, the, uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company. He sees as much Shakespeare as he possibly can. He goes to, uh, what's, the, what's the outside theatre called in the South Bank in London? It's called the something or other. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll edit that in. And uh, he, he knows his Shakespeare. And I remember him coming and I was very, very um, nervous about him being in the audience. And I met him after for a drink and he sat me down. And he said, yeah. Oh, what the hell did you do? <laughs> what, what were you thinking? So, uh, but with a big smile on his face. He's he like was, drawing a moustache on the Mona Lisa. Exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, but God bless him, and I love him dearly. And uh, yeah, it's uh, he, he's a great guy. And oh. Jack, Jack in. He's yeah. still theatre. You're looking it up. He's yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> are you looking the drama teacher up, or are you looking up no. the name of the theatre? The name of the theatre. Ah, okay. Yeah. Say, so we're not stalking you, Jeff. Globe. The Globe. The Globe. All oh, right. Yeah. Sure. I was going to say that, but I thought that's way too obvious. So yeah. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> the Globe. The Globe. No, the Globe, Dan. Say it again. Globe. No, no. no. <laughs> The globe. 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 That's it, well done, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my Welsh accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shall we listen to Jamie's second yeah. question? My second question for you is, what is the most embarrassing moment you've had on stage? <laughs> How do you like them apples? Yeah, right, yeah. I'm not really easily embarrassed, really, I dare say. Yeah, you don't strike me as, yeah, as no. caring about that kind of thing. Uh, I remember being very young and doing a very serious play called The Boy with a Cart by Christopher Fry. It's about a young man called Cuthman, Cuthbert, Cuthman, Cuthman, who uh, travels uh, a great distance. Um, with, he builds a cart, he puts his mum on the back and he, he travels a great distance and he arrives at, at a little village called Stenning, which is just outside, uh, well, it's in, in West Sussex. And he builds a church. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful play, a stunning play. And uh, we did it at school. And Jeffrey Eggins had me uh, dressed in like tights and a little leather jerkin thing and sort of like these ballet shoe type things, you know, like middle ages sort of, you know. And I was, and there was, and there was always a great big wait in like the second half for me to come on. I had a good like fifteen minutes of dialogue, and I was like, sort of stood there in the wings, sort of thing, you know. And um, I was desperate for a wee. <laughs> and this is in one of those little theatres you get in schools where where the the um, the, the the lesson is like that's a porter cabin, you know, it's a porter cabin mm. theatre. Yeah. So there's no toilets at all. So I thought if I just nip out the door and have a little wee, I can come back in. See, perfect. And uh, so I did. I went out and had a little wee. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just waiting up for my cue, 30 seconds to go, and I realised my shoes were soaking wet because it had been raining outside. And I walked on to deliver the last speech, which begins, I was alone by the unattended pillar. It's a beautiful speech. And uh, and as I walked a good 10 strides to get onto this rostra, remember rostra at school? Mm-hmm. Rostrum, yeah. rostra. Mm-hmm. Black, painted black, you know, I left these big, wet, soppy footprints. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just remember being very conscious of that. But, yeah, that's probably quite an embarrassing moment on stage. Splish. Splush. Yes, yeah. Splush. <laughs> yeah. Mm, Happy days. I've done a few Amdram shows where things have gone really, really wrong. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest bloopers I was ever involved in was um, I was in The Producers, so have you ever seen that the Mel Brooks yeah. uh, musical? Yeah, I was Leo Bloom. Wow! So I learnt, learnt tap dancing just for that role, and um, obviously it changes, doesn't he? Has that big dream sequence where he's um, in the office, he's an accountant, and everything's really dull and boring, and then he all these glamorous women come on, and it turns into like a dream tap dancing sequence, and this big neon sign comes up saying Leo Bloom. And then at the end of the scene, it was supposed to transform back to the accountancy office, but they couldn't pull the curtain. It got stuck. <laughs> and we were all just waiting. And it was oh, it was really painful. So I had to sort of carry on the scene then with like the curtain halfway across. <laughs> half half office, half dream sequence. I'm just going, okay. <laughs> You've had some quite diverse roles then. Yeah. Yeah, I've done some crazy gigs. I once did... um. What was it? It was a charity gala performance at the Birmingham Hippodrome. And uh, it's a lot of other theatres have done this now. They, they, what they do is they invite extremely rich people and they wine and dine them on the stage. Right. And uh, and then they in the Birmingham Hippodrome, particularly that year, they built a stage over the stalls. So we were to perform on that stage. And it was an illusiony sort of show all to do with the history, the eerie forward slash ghostly history of the Birmingham Hippodrome. And it was with a very famous uh, duo illusionists called the Twins, who are now SFX people. They, they make these incredible SFX for big pantomimes. 
And um, anyway, I had to uh, come down through the audience talk, delivering this script up to this glass box where I was told to mysteriously place a glass, an empty glass, wine glass, into the box. Was and there any Zac Efron? There was no Zac Efron <laughs> in the box. He might have been in the audience. He was just oh, an okay. embryo, probably. <laughs> and then put this Perspex box on top. So you and as the... Um, the uh, this they We're talking about a very famous opera singer who used to work there, who who tragically fell from from uh, way up high in the in okay. the in the fly tower. They were they were showing that her voice was very very high indeed, and that it could break glass. And this illusion was that I placed the glass into the box, and the glass would smash. Mm. Okay, now um, there was a tiny little hammer, which nobody saw, that comes down in smashes the glass right thus making the <laughs> illusion work so simple absolutely so Smash all eyes were on you know it was a very tense moment i was dressed in this big you know, lovely costume I, you know all this and i placed the glass into the perspex um uh, area put the perspex box on top and as i as i withdrew to watch this you know the, the build up and the, the the volume was turned up to the the high pitch voice of the woman <laughs> i realized i put the wine glass on upside down <laughs> so it had no chance of smashing at all Oops. and waiting there for the 10 seconds when i knew the hammer was going to come this little pretty really quick thing mm-hmm. you know was just seemed like an hour and then <laughs> and then nothing happened oh and it was like Okay. <laughs> well, were you expecting it. a trick? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but all we did, basically, was watch this wine glass. Just yeah, do nothing. Thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> the amazing so that's a glass. bit embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. If you weren't performing, what, what would you be doing? Um, I don't know. I've been doing this so long, I never really thought about other career paths. But um, before I, I I wanted to perform, I I wanted to sort of maybe be a male nurse, um, um, something along those lines, oh. I guess. Um, it's like a very caring role. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. And then maths was a problem in school, you know, so I had to sort of line, rule that out. Um, it's the opposite for me. I love maths. I just didn't like caring... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good. Yeah. See, I love school, but I just wasn't very good at it. You know, that's, that's the line I use. And then along came Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Jeffrey Eggins, yeah. Yeah, with his glass eye. Yeah. He's glass, glass eye? He's got a glass eye, yeah. Oh. yeah. Remarkable man. Yes. <laughs> so, um, who would you say would be your main, apart from Jeffrey, your main influence? Well, to be honest with you, I think influences for me would be an energy as opposed to one person. I like I like the energy of Lee Evans. I, mm. I'm not particularly a big fan of Lee Evans. Is that yeah. safe to say? Just I, the response. That I he love gets the energy. And, I love um, yeah. what he creates. Oh yeah. Being a street performer in Covent Garden for many years, one had to have an energy that was quite up tempo, quite um, pacey, and quite ruthless. Um, because, you know, the, the art of street performing really comes down to um, making something uh, very engaging and um, and getting the money out of them. So with that, it has to come an energy. You know, you, you can't wander out there with a, uh, like you're doing a Chekhov play. You know? <laughs> it's exhausting you know, doing that. It is. And, you know, it's important to be fit and on top of, yeah. you, know, you have to be match fit. And, um, especially think, wearing that leotard, you can't be... Uh... Especially when wearing the leotard, <laughs> Dan. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Look after you. Yes, <laughs> I mean... We have yet to see the leotard. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Some people's bodies are a temple and other people's are a bouncy castle. <laughs> you know, one has to... It uh, is what it is. It is what it is, my love, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just what they create, what they create, what they respond. I always look to the audience. It's not necessarily... I mean, I'm a big fan of Steve Martin and Martin Short, all those films, Chevy Chase, the, you know, the old oh, days, yeah. the 1980s, Saturday Night I just Night downloaded Night. Steve Martin's book. What's it? He wrote that famous book, didn't he, about being a stand-up? Yeah. Uh, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's also got something online, which is quite interesting. Oh, I like think. a course, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is a course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, for that pop-up. Yeah, just that sort of thing. I mean, I, life moves so fast when you have children. I know very little now about up-and-coming comics. Mm. I'm an Eddie Izzard man. You know, yeah. I, I love Eddie. I love what he, he does. Oh, lords of my friends love, love Yeah, Eddie Yeah, he used to be a street performer in Covent Garden. 
Did years he? ago, oh, yeah. He used to get out of a straight jacket whilst on a unicycle. Oh. <laughs> he used to work with a very dear friend of me, a double act, um, an amazing performer called Rob Ballard. Right. Who uh, was an amazing street performer, had a great format for a street show, um, a very good um, money in the hat show. Yeah. And he used to throw knives at people, which was a fantastic comedy <laughs> act. Do you reckon they could do those uh, that sort of act these days? <clears throat> well, funnily, do you know what? I rang Rob. I was doing a show in Germ- a gig in Germany, which I often do every other year. They don't want me back too often. <laughs> and they said to me one one year, he said, "Ben, we would like you to come to Germany with a different show. The people of Sigon know you very well. Mm-hmm. Could you bring something different?" In, a, in an Irish accent. <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, what am I going to do? Because I love the festival because they give you beer money and beer tickets. And, oh, nice. Uh, and, you know, it's not bad money either. And, but they're all old friends as well, you know, and the German people are fantastic laughers and it's a beautiful country, very clean, and I just love the people. And um, so I rang Rob and said, can I can I take your act? Can I, can I nick it? Can I take <laughs> it over? And it's he said, uh, yes, of course you can. Very well-spoken man. Um so I took the show over, right? And uh, I bought these real throwing knives. I didn't realise you, you know, just, just anything that goes into the polystyrene will suffice. So I bought these Jason Statham um, oh. throwing knives, wow. right? Three of them from this dodgy bloke in, um, where was it? <laughs> in, in King's Lynn or somewhere like that. The exact address is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a martial art place, you know. All right. <laughs> so these things arrived, and my gosh, they are so sharp and heavy, and you know. Sh- sh- anyway, I didn't really think of it. Anyway, I I, I arranged for the the Germans to produce me a um, um uh, like a step ladder with a board in front of it with um, plywood, and in front of that was polystyrene. So the guy would stand in front of it like this. So, and the whole idea of the act was you um you blindfold the guy. Well, as you explain to the guy what's going to happen, one's going to go to the left of your ear, one's going to go to the right, and the last one's going to go in between your legs. Mm-hmm. You're getting out another volunteer from the audience and telling him what he's going to do. So basically, <laughs> the volunteer is by the man blindfolded, sticking them in by hand right. when your voice is over 10 metres away. So the guy thinks you're actually throwing knives at him. Right? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, the show's going well you know got a lovely audience street performing it is you know it's a great street you know I don't really street perform anymore but never say never but this is a street performing gig and uh, I shout uh, eins fein drei the bloke comes out and rams a a knife to the side of his head into the the polystyrene the guy goes like this he's blindfolded I say um, um, Matthias now have a look at the have a look at my work so he opens he brings out the, the hood and looks and the knife's there and he's oh yeah very good you know, and the audience are clapping yeah well done you know and I'm going oh yes yes yeah okay Matthias put the hood back on so Matthias puts the blindfold back on Eins fine dry, into the the guy comes out behind him, puts it in like that, and runs away again. <laughs> Matthias gives a little flinch like that. The whole audience laugh. <laughs> Matthias, look at my work. He opens the, the hood and oh yeah, very good, very good, very good. <laughs> right now, the last one is between his legs. Right, my my um Germanic friend runs out, shoves it in between his legs, but the Jason Statham knife goes through his jeans. <sighs> Right? No, he's not wearing them as tight as me. Okay. <laughs> Goes through his jeans and into the uh, the polystyrene, oh. right? 500 people go... <gasps> now, all I'm doing at that point is looking and just expecting there to be red to appear. Because you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I know how sharp these, these things are. Oh, my gosh. And... Um, did the guy know the, the guy? And the guy felt it go through. Without me saying, Matthias, he lifts the hood, looks down. <laughs> and the audience are like, he looks up and he laughs. He <laughs>, laughs. Now, I don't know whether you've had a defining moment in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just such a joyful... <laughs> Yeah, moment in my life where I thought, right, I'm not going to get sued. Yeah. You know what I mean? A load of <laughs> things. He's probably laughing. I'm alive. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. Like, oh, good trick, yeah, good trick. Exactly, right? Very and good. he pulls it out. There's a hole in his jeans, no blood at all. And uh, 
the, the world, it's life's a happy song, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's just ah, brilliant. So I would never, and that same show in a nutshell, I, I did this, I cut myself as well. These knives, they were, they were just so, yeah. I never thought it through, which is unlike me, you know, but um, <laughs> anyway, don't, if you're going to throw knives at people, don't throw them with real knives. <laughs> I think if you'd done that trick, if that had happened in Wales, it would have been like, Oi, mush, you, got, you owe me a pair of jeans. Rip, <laughs> rip my jeans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but most people go around with the big rips in them anyway. This would just be authentic. Yeah, exactly. Authentic yeah. rip. So that, was, that would have been probably the third embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I do have them. Yeah. I do have those moments. That's brilliant. I had a really, really good ending. Brilliant. <laughs> wow. I it's, thought it was going to be a horrific ending. <laughs> And then we ended up in hospital and... Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it could have gone, it could have killed him. There's a, there's a major <laughs> artery running down there, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. That's crazy. You seem to have a, a, um, a really good relationship with your audience live and you seem yeah. to have a really good presence on like Twitter and things like that as well. Yeah. I think a mother had contacted you saying, oh, my son's not very well, mm. he's in hospital. And like straight away, you just in there, oh, I've just sent you a little... Little yeah. message, private message, little video or something. Yeah. I was just like, oh. That's sweet. Yeah. Thing is, right, about... That's fantastic. You know, my show wouldn't really exist without an audience. It's all about the audience, right? Now, I, I suppose it's one of the lucky things I have where every show's different and has to be different. For, exa- but for example, I guess with um, a gagster, um, um, your archetypal um, comedian will stand there and tell jokes. Maybe he'll just say... He'll do his script and maybe he'll pull a few, a few ones out to sort of bring the audience back in line or whatever. You know, everybody's got different mm, techniques. And whatever happens on the night. Yeah, but, but you know, I, my show really, the success of it really does ha- have to be, you know, sitting out with the audience for about 15 minutes before I go on and checking them out, and, you know, and, and, mm. and the volunteers and, and just feeling the vibe, really. What kind of crowd are they and exactly. what direction to take it in? So I can sort of cut my cloth to fit because yeah. you know we have to go all on a journey together for 45 50 minutes yeah. or an hour if they're good <laughs> and um you know and we we need to i need to get that um applause at the end and they need to feel as though they've been somewhere as well you know yeah that's um, such a skill i mean obviously that takes years of you know you know honing that to well yeah i mean it's common gone i have to thank for because yeah. you know one has to have that that sixth sense of you know because they can walk away at any moment in common garden you see and that's your rent mm. It's all about the the hat, you know. It's all about the end, the end moment. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. that's a, a skill I really admire. It's just being able to go out there and just and you know, a lot of the show is just unpredictable, isn't it? It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, yeah. and and at the same time, you know, you you need to be able to react to that spontaneity as well within the show. Mm. You know, not necessarily between yourself or what paths you may choose to go on in in any improvisational way. But, you know, being open to what they might throw at you, whether it's positive or negative, you know. We love a bit of improv. Can't yeah. Im- improvisation is great within a within a, a nice concrete script that works, mm. particularly with the ha-ha shows. I mean, we had such a beautiful script there. Um, not necessarily to do with me. You know, I wrote the script, but by doing it and doing it and doing it, you know, we did hundreds of shows. Comes to life. You know, that script becomes concrete. So when you do choose all of you to go off on a little little path, wherever that may lead, you know, it might be a dead end. It might be a big <laughs> laugh, but you all give each other a nod and then you're back into the concrete script that works. <laughs> so it's a win-win, really, yeah. if you choose to go that into the into the unknown structures in prog yes it is and you put in your little bits as well along the way I think you know? that's what Jamie was saying it's just he just loved that element of the show yeah. he, was, he was just hooked after well that. that's it you see because they get they the audience see it all goes back to them the audience feel as though they are witnessing something that we do every night but for that particular night they think they witness something new special to them something that we have never been to before yeah especially by our may apparent you know fake corpses you know they, they think <laughs> it's, it's, it's a skill as well isn't it yeah. you know that's a it's a technique you seem to have perfected as well the i like i was watching your monsieur de lyrics yeah and you've got to be so prepared mm. to do that and it seemed to go really seamless what in the show yeah. in prince yeah. got talent yeah so how, yeah. did, how did that come about? Did it genuinely stumble across it because you were actually mishearing those sort of lyrics? Yeah, yeah, it did actually, yeah. Um, 
open. I don't. I have been doing it for so long. Um, I've been doing that for about fifteen years now. Misheard lyrics. Yeah, in, in in all different shapes and sizes and different songs so, and. It's so good. Do, um, do you know what it's technically called when you do that? I yes, but I can't you. remember. It's called a Mondegreen. That's it. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Did you read that article as well? I've got a book on it. And Did you? It's something I... I'd rather. Yeah. I've got a book in the house. I meant to bring it today and I do apologise. Oh, I mean, wow. There's a book on... It's full of um, like traditional Mondegreens. Mm. So things like from Christmas carols and All Lang yeah. Syne and things like that. Do you know where the word Mondegreen no, came no, from? No, please. So please enlighten me. There's a story in the book. It's really good. And it's, um, it's this woman whose um, um, suitor goes, goes off goes off travelling, but before he goes, he uh, reads her a romantic poem where he takes her in his arms and then she held him and she laid him on the green and then then left. But she hears the Lady Mondegreen and she's obsessed then for ages. Who's this Lady Mondegreen? I thought he was interested in in me and he's just leaving me now. He's gone off travelling, but he's gone to see this Lady Mondegreen. Yeah. And then it wasn't until some time later that he came back and explained that it was, no, no, she laid him on the, the green. green. So it's become... Wow, like a, thank you for that's that. That's where the term came from. I love that. Yeah. And that's I've been cool, doing it for so long. That's a good way to remember it too. Laid him... And it's called a mom yeah. green. Yeah, yeah the, I had heard of it because there was an article which I thought you'd read. Um, I can't remember where it was from. Maybe it was in Chortle. And they were discussing, oh, okay. you know, did, did Ben Langley rip off Peter Kay's... Oh, because, um, right, yeah, he does something similar. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, yeah, really well as well. And very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, and they discussed that, and uh, and Chortle did it really well, actually. And they said, "Well, no, he didn't. In fact, it's been around you know, for the Mondegree has been around for for quite some time." Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I I always argued in, and I'd still do in interviews that you know, no, I didn't. Um, when the Sound of Music was released in 1965, we all started to sing when the when the dog bites when my pee stings, <laughs> you know. And there was born the misheard lyric, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think everybody has them. I think, you know, even through speech, we think, what did you just say? I thought it sounded like, you know, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I think people are quick to uh, comment on what something just sounded like. So I think it's quite a natural occurrence, really. For years, mine was always, you know, Michael Jackson, Annie, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, I always thought it was Eddie. Eddie, yeah, are you okay? I thought that too, yeah. Eddie, are For you okay? Years. Eddie, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got a few if you want to hear. Yeah, Go on, just please. Know. So that Michael Jackson song, um, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Yeah. Michael Jackson again? So yeah. I didn't make this one up, actually. Sorry, I've got to give credit to this to my friend Andrew. If you're listening, Andrew. Um, so it sounds like he goes, Go to the post office. Don't stop till you get enough. You go to the post office. And it genuinely does sound like that. It does, yes. It um, does. There's another one, isn't there? Um, Footloose, pet goose. That's a good one. Um, I, oh, it's that one that my wife hated. Um, oh, have you heard that song that um, goes, I was a king under your control. And there's a bit where he goes, let go, let go. But I just hear Lego, Lego, Lego yeah. with yeah. everything. <laughs> I made my own up before. Oh, good. You know, um, Tina Turner's uh, Loving You Weather. Yeah. I changed it to Loving Me Weather. <laughs> Which is your name. <laughs> oh, I've got another one as well. Um, you know, Electric Six Gay Bar. Sounds like cake bar. I thought it was quite good. Yes. Want to take you to a cake bar? Cake bar. I was eating a cake bar last night, and I, just, I started singing that at my wife. And quite all right. Nice. And yeah, that's that's all mine. Done. That's my. It's a great degrees. way. It's a great way of um of getting a lot of laughs. In yeah. Your routine. It's very funny, and it's also to music, which is anybody yeah. will tell you. Comedy and music is just it's, the best. The way you did it was very slick as well. I thought. And yeah. like Simon Cowell nearly fell off his chair laughing, didn't he? Which is uh, quite I could, rare, tell, I could talk for. Do you know what? I only I did an interview the other day on radio, and the guy asked me about it, and it was the first time I'd ever sort of revisited that whole day in my memories yeah and it was i had i had such a wonderful time yeah, <laughs> yeah good. i did i really yeah. did yeah noel james called it bloody good time yeah, yeah 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 there was a bit of like sort of public outrage wasn't there this is if you read it online isn't it it's like bed langley yeah. not gone through on briscoe's hand public are outraged yeah you know and it's you know he's had millions of views on youtube you know, outrage, mm. scandal, but it's, but you know, so, someone's got to go through and someone's. Yeah, it has. Go through. Yeah, I've sort of gone for sort of full circle with uh, being an ambassador for that show. 
Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy time. Very emotional, really, if I look back on it, uh, in more ways than one. How yeah. was the process leading up to it? Well, it happened all very quick with me. We went to see Thames Television, my manager and I, and when it was agreed that I, we agreed to go on it... <laughs> <laughs> See, once they sort of said, you know, it's it's more of a fluffy show now, right? It's it's a, it's a very fluffy show, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not the days of Piers Morgan where, you know, one can walk on stage, whether you're good or not, and receive quite abusive criticism. Simon Cowell now has a baby. Um, David Walliams is David Walliams, this wonderful... Mm. Um, Love to meet him. Human. Him. Yeah. yeah. Come on very, the show, David, if you're, if you're free. <laughs> Next weekend. Uh, and uh, the two girls as well, which is fantastic. They're very positive. And since the Olympics, you know, the UK are, are, are flying the flag, you know, and it's very important to have a show on there, which is very, very positive. Yeah. Yeah. So Britain's Got Talent is much more of a fluffier show yeah. than it used to be. And it is, as you said, it is like a flagship British show now, isn't it? I think, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It is. And it's fantastic viewing. It's so much fun to watch. It's it's um, a wonderful show in in many many ways. And, and the um, deck as well. I love that. the guys are great. Yeah, yeah. they you know they're fantastic. My and wife is a, an enormous Anton Deck fan to the point where she had a poster on the wall when she was a yeah. child. I mean, Eugene. see what I mean. Everything about that show is just. Um, it's all it's good a great big. It is. It? It's a big ding. Yeah, isn't it? It's shining. Yeah. It's a big sparkle and. Um, I think it's great, and I think it's a great celebration of of um, the, the talent that we have in this country. You know, whether it's you can bang a dustbin lid together and make a noise, or you can <laughs> sing like an angel, or you do a misheard lyric routine, or you're a great tap dancer, or or not. There's room for a very wide yeah. spectrum of acts on it, isn't there? There is, yeah, and uh, so there's that side of it, which is what um, the, the the you know we as TV viewers watch and then there's the other side of it which is you know should you go on it as an act you know what have you got to lose you know what are the risks involved if you don't go through what does that mean to your career to your bookings so you know if you do it for a living if you are a pro then you you've got some serious questions that you need to ask in you know, about it really and, and some you know serious things to sort of balance up mm. you know yeah worst case scenario sort mm. of, yeah i mean as a father um I think, you know, of, of course, we're, we're always telling our children to commit, to uh, never fob off something that is presented to you, that it's easier to say no to than it is to say yes, um, to d always do your best, you know, and all that, all that emotional stuff. So I think, you know, I did, I say in, in the clip, you know, my, my boy's always asking me to, you know, daddy, daddy, you should go on Britain's Got Talent. So, you know, I sort of did. Yeah. you know <laughs> to to show them that you know it's it's good it's a good thing to do to yeah you know you're going to, on you're trying your best yes, because going on was yeah. the full stop anything that happened after that is completely um, doesn't matter you mm. know the fact that i went the distance to manchester yeah. <laughs> but i went there and i did it the opportunity arose so i, I did it and um yeah. it Everything after that was you know, a really good way of looking at it. I'd imagine there's a lot of people sort of take it maybe loads, yeah, that's really serious, and this is it. This is you know, if this doesn't go well, that's the end of it all. And yeah, well, they kind of they kind of yeah. gear that though. They they do so, yeah because they need to put weight on an interview. Mm. They need to show Dan Morgan. You know, you've been writing scripts for all your life. <laughs> this is make or break time. You know, it's it's either comedy or you're going to go back to doing that job. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's that's a bit... So I always question that. I always question that because that job has actually kept you alive up until... Mm. Yeah, you've not done too badly yeah. if you've got a job. Yeah, really? if I've got to go back to being a blah, blah, blah. I'm not even going to give you an example because I think any job is fantastic, yeah. mm -hmm. especially yeah. in this country. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's not poo-poo what we used to do or because, you know, it's still there, you know, yeah. and a lot of other people still do the same job. And, and that doesn't mean to say that they're happy or not happy. It, it, you know, it's work. Work is important. 
definitely. So yeah, there's a lot. The, the interviewing techniques are, are a little bit, um, but you know they have to. They, it's a TV program. It's, yeah, they want to be a little bit dramatic, don't they? They, they need that yes. little bit of. They so do. Yeah, you know, they really, really do. That's what people tune in for, isn't it? You know. It's, yeah. 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 And um, it wouldn't be like a prop, a full season if you didn't have someone elated with joy, someone a little bit teary, someone with a bit of a sob story. Yeah. And I think with, some yeah. people play up to it because they know that's what the show wants as well. Yeah. So mm. they go in with that reason rather than what might be there. Yeah, you're right. Well. It's also a very long day, so tears come very easily. Because mm. um, you're right, you're straining. You're, 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 yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're limit, I Yeah, I mean, some of those people were there from eight o'clock in the morning. My clip my performance was 11 o'clock at night oh wow, wow. so you, yeah. yeah we'd arranged for me to arrive a bit late because i was coming up from home yeah so you know what you're like it's, it's, it's a long day you've been yeah. drinking coffee all day you're not so allowed out the, the audience are still yeah, yeah. oh the oh, audience well. i must say the audiences are amazing yeah, they seem very positive, don't they? They always they're very encouraging, aren't they? When you watch these, they so are. Yeah, and I walked on um, that night, and they just just went crazy anyway. And I just stood there and took it, you know. Yeah, and just enjoyed it. Yeah, and you because seemed, of that, you came across they... very humble on it. Oh yeah, I think you have to be. Like, wow, yeah, cool. You know, yeah, you are because let, let's not rule it out either. You know, being shown. I mean, I, I didn't know how well the clip was going to be edited together then. But, you know, I think we have to be very respectful towards being in front of a camera and potentially something that could go a bit crazy yeah. down the line, you know. And yeah. How long was your actual set compared to what was shown? What, the routine, the yes. Miss it's about two minutes 50 at the moment. Hmm. I think yeah. they kept most of it in then. They didn't yeah, there was a few. I had to re-edit. After being at Thames Television that afternoon, they said, right, there's a Ben-shaped hole in Tomorrow Night Show in Manchester. They just left the Palladium, so they had three right. or four days in Manchester, and uh, so we said okay. And they said okay. Can you go up now? I said no, because um, you know I'm down in London for a jolly. I'm, I'm, I've just had lunch. I've had two lunch. It was, it was the day I had two lunches. <laughs> I had two, two lunches? lunches. Yeah, there's another, there's another <laughs> meal in between. <laughs> yes, that's it. What? Yes, yeah, I'd already crazy. had my break fast. We should write a script about this. It was called um, brunch fest. <gasps> Brunchfest. Fascinating. <laughs> Brunchfest. Wow. Yeah, I, I went to see my friend in Three Arrows Media, who lovely company produce Treasure Champs. So I was on my knees in that restaurant begging him for another job. So that was one lunch. And there was another lunch with my friend Jamie Wilson, who produced the the uh, the Ha-Ha shows. And then I was going to meet Paul Zerdin. You know Paul Zerdin? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I supported him for two years. Oh, Paul right, okay, cool. Uh, so he won America's Got Talent that year. Oh, brilliant. Paul and his wonderful... Am I right? He's a ventriloquist. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I've got the yeah, one. yeah. He's yeah. a great guy. I know. He's a, he's, a yeah. very, he's a dear friend as well. So we were meeting up as well. So it was a bit of a long day, so I had to cut it short and, and uh, get my my bottom back to Norfolk, Whoa. pick up the cards. Wow. <laughs> and get on a train earlier that morning up to Manchester, I think. So oh, it was a literally, it was, really long day, yeah, I mean, it, it, in retrospect, it was, it was probably good that I was doing something I've been doing without thinking about it, which is why it's such a tight mm. performance. But, you know, you look and you overthink stuff and you think actually a lot of the acts that did very, very well, you know, they, they had a lot of gags here with the, with the judges. So for my second time out, I was, I was looking at misheard lyrics of Alicia's songs and, you know, <laughs> And let's get ready to rumble and stuff from <laughs> Anton Deck. And it would have been a much different performance, I think. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's cool. Do you get people expecting that in your act? Do you keep it in your act now? Sorry. Yeah, I finish on it now. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah I finish on it. Um, worded that really weirdly, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I suppose people yeah. are looking forward to that bit. Yeah, I think so. Say. But also yeah. I think they're equally um, a little bit interested to see actually what I am going to do for 50 minutes. Right. <laughs> So, you know... Just I've, 50 minutes of alternate lyrics. Yeah, it's just really boring, isn't it? Yeah, I've got lots of paper cuts. <laughs> or card cuts. Yeah, but... Um, Cause, yeah, I suppose you don't want to be known as... As much as that show has probably brought you more into the public eye, you don't want to be just known as the misheard lyrics man. Do you? You no, I mean... There's a lot more to you. Yeah, there is a lot more. Is it? I have a, a, a great act, which I'm very proud of, and it's very funny, and 
you know, and uh, it's getting bigger and better every day, really, you know, because we're, you know, putting in new stuff and getting rid of other stuff. And and I think you have to as well with comedy, you know, you have to yeah, be quite ruthless. Yeah. If you miss a lyrics I'm going to put in for next year. It evolves as well over time. I think it has to. I think it has to. You know, mm-hmm. it has to. You can have mine if you want. You can have their yours. They're, they're my gift to you. My, Thanks. Uh, I'll write them down. Can... Yeah, I do. You know, this. everybody's, aren't they? You know. That's my gift to you, man. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's a great thing. I mean, I, I, yeah. So when I said I went full circle with with Britain's Got Talent, mm-hmm. I, I came out of there that day thinking it's just absolutely fantastic. What a great way and what a great platform for variety acts to showcase their talent because there's nothing else like it at all. Because mm. there used to be a lot of them on TV. Probably a little bit before my time, didn't they? Yeah, like I think there TV. was, yeah, and, and more of them too. Then they went away and they've sort of come back, haven't they? But a bit more, you know, modern. Yeah, and I think then variety was more accepted and more, you know, you used to see a lot more of it in clubs and it was a thing to do, you know. And I, I think um, variety is uh, has taken a bit of a battering over the years. Maybe that's to do with the smoking ban, mm. you know, places being less accessible by human beings um, and stuff. Comedy has changed as well. Yeah, it is. I, I, I think it's great that it's come back. And I think a lot of people watch these shows and think, oh, do you know what? I, I might give that a go. Mm. And that's, I think that's, that element that's, of it's yeah, really good. Definitely. Like, yeah. Like, oh, if he can do it, well, maybe I can have a little go. Well, I think that's great. And do you know what? I think the, the current show in the vibe that it has will promote that. Yeah, definitely. Because, definitely. you know, Stephen, the banging dustbin lid player, <laughs> will go on stage and it wouldn't even cross his mind that he's going to be slagged off. <laughs> because it is, like I say, a much fluffier show. So mm. I think that's it's a great thing for people to come in and celebrate. Steve, if you want to be on the show... <laughs> <laughs> It, it, yeah, be off by now. It's three o'clock. <laughs> so we touched very, very briefly that I, I want, really want to go back and talk to you about the show Treasure Champs. Yeah, on from CBBs. Saturday Night TV to Children's. TV. I know, just because my one-year-old son uh, he loves CBBs, and we have Treasure Champs on, obviously, in the house. So how how on earth did that come about? Well, a long time ago, in there was how far away there was a company called Zenith, and Zenith. There was a, an executive producer there by the name of Peter Murphy, who was a Welshman. Oh. Hey, Pete. Peter. Yes, uh, quite a, a legendary uh, producer of television. Peter Murphy set up the HTV Junior Drama Workshops, and one was in Bristol, which is where I, I grew up, in a little town outside Bristol. And by audition, you got to go to drama class, basically, and a lot of TV that was being made at the time in and around Bristol that required children you got an audition for. So what era would this be? Mm, 87, 6, 7, 8. Mm. So, um, yeah, a lot of TV was being made and Peter was producing a lot of it as well. Ask Oddie, Bubblegum Brigade with Bill Oddie, Dramaramas, lots of different stuff. And um, during Peter's reign, moved over to uh, in, in London was a young guy called Dave Hallam, who uh, was just beginning his career. Then Dave Hallam has stayed in television for many years. Dave was producing a show for Discovery Kids Channel called Crash Test Danny. Mm-hmm. It was um, about a crash test Danny, really trying out all these different experiments to do with, with science, centrifugal force, oh, things right, like that. Yeah, yeah. And he gave me a call. He said, do you want to play Danny? Because I knew known Dan, uh, Dave, through those times. And I said, yes, please. So I had this show on Discovery Kids Channel called Crest Test Danny. And uh, it did one series. We had lots of fun with it. And I was no trouble, I'd like to say. <laughs> so, of course, when one keeps one's nose to the ground mm. and you know, works hard, yeah, you <laughs> hopefully we'll get used again. Yeah. No diva moments. Or of course, no. That's it, yeah. Yeah, that, definitely that one. <laughs> would never think about that. <laughs> Dissing somebody's tea making. And uh, <laughs> so I was doing one of some of these gigs, a run of gigs, in a similar place to this, in an Airbnb in the middle of Wales. Mm-hmm. Except I was in Wells, funnily enough. And I, you know, doing emailing as, as one has to in this business or emailing old friends saying, how you doing? Here's a job sort of thing. And he came back and said, hi, how you doing? I haven't seen you in ages. Why don't we meet up? 
have a chat and I'll run something past you. So I did. Uh, we went out for lunch and Dave said to me, right, CBBs or BBC are being commissioned by the church to produce something children related um, about values. Hmm. Um, we didn't know what it's going to be called yet, but we were thinking of having a human. It's all going to be mainly animation, but a human on there, a storyteller, narration sort of type person telling um fables myths legends or books from the quran or the bible or whatever or the torah um promoting values whether that be courage bravery self-respect humility whatever mm. i said that's I a good idea uh so he said well look why don't you just go away just do something to your iphone camera and send it back to us ah. so i said all right so uh, on the train on the way home i'm thinking actually i've got iMovie on my mac and my my um my camera does HD, yeah. so that's it. Overnight, I learned um, iMovie. <laughs> <laughs> so me and my two boys went to the park in Burston, where I live, Shimpling, just outside Shimpling, and we filmed David and Goliath, <laughs> <laughs> and we had so much fun. And I edited it down. You know, it's even me arriving in my VW camper van. Yeah, okay, <laughs> stopping, looking to the camera, going higher. Do you know what I mean? Come here, I've got a story to tell you sort of thing. And yeah. driving away, all that, all that really cool stuff. And then when I was on tour again, I did a piece to camera straight and I edited it. Same same story, just me. I sent it off to them. They were like, wow, this is amazing. Oh. You're Right, we'll be in touch. Right, so they so they were in touch. They said, right, we want, we, we want you to do a pilot, basically. So we filmed uh, The Empress Seed. And we want you to edit it on iMovie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I met, and that's when I met John Hancock, which is his um, partner in crime. So this company called Three Hours Media, who are a great company, mm. uh, wonderful guys to work with. And uh, and so, yeah, we did the pilot. It was okay. It was commissioned too serious straight away, which is nice. really great because yeah. nothing, apparently nothing gets too serious. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we were commissioned 30 episodes um, because of the nature of the world now. And why not? They wanted... Um, um, a Ben Langley. They wanted a, a Muslim Ben Langley, maybe. They wanted um, maybe a mixed race Ben Langley, and a, you know. <laughs> so they had all di- different types of storytellers. Yeah. Um, yeah, they picked made really good choices. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, a great cast of people. Yeah, really, really great. Yeah. And so they ended up um, producing this wonderful show known as Treasure Champs. Yeah. Um, I think they're all on iPlayer as well. If so there is hope for the youth of today. Yes, there is. Yeah, well, that's the whole point, isn't it? We want to bring kids up with morals and values. I think so. I think it's a perfect time for that, isn't it? Because, I don't know, I just think there's a lot of really impolite kids out there at the moment. We had Save by the Bell, Sue. Yeah, yeah, we had did, He-Man yeah. and Save yeah. by the Bell with morals and things at the end of it. Yeah. I think so. And you know, A kid keyed my car the other day. Like, no. scraped the side of my car with a key. That's... Terrible. I, I would never have dreamed of doing that as a as a child. Never. No, Terrible. I know, I know. It's um so yeah, I mean, you know, it's important to, to I think, get them early, as it were, and um you yeah. know, talk and, it, and keep it out in the open about, you know, love and courage and all sorts of different things. I mean, you know, these stories are great, whether you are religious yeah, or not, or whether yeah. you have a belief or it doesn't matter, you know, they are solid, um didactic stories. And I think I think most Films and stories, anyway, are based, you know, very loosely on one of these oh, absolutely. stories yeah. anyway, aren't they? Yeah. You can take, like, like, the film Armageddon or something. Yeah. You know, it all boils down to, you know, bravery and, you know, things, you know it's, isn't it? Positive it's, traits. There's yeah. only so many ways you can tell that same story, isn't it? So to go back to the, the very, very essence of where those stories originated from i think is i think it's brilliant and yeah. it's a perfect time for you as well with kids as well isn't it, it must be, oh yeah it must be really i think as a father you, nice. you try and bring everything back to being a father i think that's really important in all that you do because you know you you are you become a role model as soon as your baby is born mm. yeah which is quite a responsibility so you know one has to make decisions you know to stop you know so even even at work you know i, I won't go down certain lines i won't use certain language anymore yeah not that i was particularly sweary anyway and and, you know and i think it gives you another angle for your comedy as well and your delivery and yeah just just things just everyday things i think you you start to do things in a more responsible way definitely gives you another different perspective yeah 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 so it's a great show absolutely love it amazing as i say we're given 30 episodes i i did five Mm. So it's five divided by six wonderful storytellers. Remind me which ones it was. You did Daniel, didn't you? Oh, I did. Um, 
Did you do David as well? David, I did um, Daniel in the Lion's Den, David, uh, the singing shepherd boy. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I did... Um, <laughs> Seen both of them. Uh, self-respect, has that been out yet? Self-respect, yeah. yeah. I think I've seen that one. Um honesty and something else I can't remember but there's two more I think I've got to come out yet in January I've had yeah. CBBS on every day for the last year and a half in my house. Saturdays Saturdays and Sundays I know all the theme music yeah yeah I really want to get some of the CBBS presenters on the show actually I think they'd be a really good really good laugh Rebecca, you should look up um, look up Andy he's a good friend of mine Andy yeah Andy Andy Day yeah, he does. Oh, Andy. we love Andy in our house. Yeah. My little boy Ben gets so excited when he sees Andy. Honestly, the one, only thing I can't figure. So Andy, just a, he's one of the presenters, and he's also got a couple of shows on there. And he does this one called Andy's Dinosaur Adventure, where wow. he works in a museum, and something goes wrong with one of the, one of the displays, like the the dinosaur bone gets broken. And how are they going to how are they going to fix this? But he's got a time machine. So guess what he does. He goes back in time millions of years and gets another dinosaur ball. <laughs> Rather than going back a few minutes to stop the dinosaur Or to the local yeah, bric-a-brac shop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only kidding, Andy. We, we love your show, really. It's, it's really good. Yeah. And he's really good, isn't he? He's like proper yeah. like, smiley guy. He's great. He's really wonderful. My little boy gets so excited when they do all those songs, you know, in between the TV shows where the presenters sing all these Yeah, songs. the good ones, yeah. Oh, They're really catchy. He loves them. Wow. He started dancing or whatever. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely... Absolutely brilliant. I think, is there an end to Jamie's message? Should we just play the end? Ben, I just want to thank you again for your time, sharing your time with us, and very best wishes to you, and take care of yourself. Bye now. Oh, what a nice man. God bless him. Thanks for that, Jamie. I hope you're having a nice time in Sorrento, eating pizza and drinking red wine. Where can we follow you? Where can we find you? Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, at Ben Langley on Twitter. Uh, ben Langley on Facebook. Or The Ben Langley Show on Facebook. Um, I have an Instagram, which is Ben Langley. Well, I think the you give G... a lot of thought to these names, yeah. don't you? Yeah. I think the G might be a nine. Mm-hmm. And there might be a number after it, like 74 or something. But a quick search. Yeah. Mr. Ben Langley, we thank you. Thank you, Comedy Geek. It's been an absolute pleasure. And you can check out some of the sketches that we did with Ben Langley in our Christmas special episode, which will be out on December the 1st. So download it and laugh a lot. Comedy Geek Podcast.